Hi, I'm April Lovett. And I'm Daryl Lovett. We've been together for six years, and we have a sweet and sassy little girl, an adorable and talkative little boy, and our fur child, our dog, Lainey. <laughs> oh. That's funny, huh? Hi, I'm April Lovett. And I'm Daryl Lovett. We've been together for six years, and we have a sweet and sassy little girl, an adorable and talkative little boy, and our fur child, our dog, Lainey. That's right. We also work our nine-to-five jobs together, we teach together, and we own the Lovett Company. We do so much together, and we wanted to share some of our tips and tricks for living out our 24-7 relationship. That's right, a relationship that is all day, every day. Plus, we wanted to share with you how we managed to run our business alongside full-time jobs and still find time for kids, chores, and fun. So in this podcast, the Success in Black and White podcast, we will talk about navigating the gray in life. So get ready, get ready, get ready. We're going to be bringing to you Real Talk concepts every week as we share some of our stories, best practices, as well as talk to guests about how they found success by doing extraordinary things in their everyday lives. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Success in Black and White. The podcast. We are back one more again. We are back one more again. Coming to you live. From the house. Uh, another episode, another episode. Um, we're going to jump right in because this episode is important. Yeah, we have a lot that we, we really want to share. Um, and um, we definitely want to make sure that we uh, respect your time and appreciate you for listening in. Um, we thank you for all of your support over our last episode, um, number 79, um, The Aftermath, Racism in America. Um, we had a lot of people show up and a lot of people listen and a lot of people um, reach out to us and um, just kind of exchanged um, conversation, exchanged um, feelings, emotions, exchanged support. Um, and we support, we appreciate that. And we want to make sure that it's known that we appreciate that. Um, we're going to follow up with that um, with something kind of different, but something that we've done similar to this in the past. Um, so we appreciate you, um, you know, just kind of get prepared, get your mind right, get your heart set, um, because we're going to be coming with some things that we really believe in and that we really feel like needs to be shared. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Daryl reached out to friends, family, colleagues, um, and he wanted to do a project. And the project was we have a have a podcast platform and we want to um, share and amplify the voices of our black family, friends, colleagues, all of that using this platform. Yep. Um, and so you reached out to... A lot so of many people. people. Yeah. I reached out to a couple, but it really was your project. Yeah. Um, and we you started reaching out yesterday. Yeah. And we got a lot of a lot of feedback. Yeah. Um, in the past twenty four hours. So basically what we did was so that I've got to give some methodology details, right? Yeah. Well, there's still it's still flowing in, data. so I don't know. You I yeah. guess you can do what you need to do. I was gonna say that number, that total. Like I don't wanna say it because that the like they're still coming in probably as we're even 
recording this yeah. right now. I think that there are a lot of people that are still filling out the survey. So basically, yeah. we did go ahead. And, yeah, do your thing. I'm gonna be okay. quiet and let you do your thing. <laughs> we did it, even though. I, Yes. <laughs> we we put together it's only my thing cuz it's survey and <laughs> data. Um we put together a five question survey so that we could allow people to openly share if they wanted to um the experience experiences or feelings or um just a continuation of the aftermath. Um, of what's been happening in our country. And so there were five questions um, that were open-ended, a couple demographic questions, which a couple of them we even threw out because they didn't matter. Um, we sent it to people and told them that it was anonymous, um, but if they wanted us to reach back out to them, they had that option. Um, and so within the past 24 hours, because we started reaching out to people yesterday afternoon, I think, um, we had 52 answers. Yeah. Which is that amazing. we're using right now for this. Yeah. And the reason why I, I said something about her giving that number is because like, as they keep coming in, we're going to keep sharing. And I we understand are, yeah. she had to do this analysis and stuff. I probably should have looked at this before we got on here. Um, but like as they keep coming in and as many as we have, and as many as we keep getting, like we're going to keep sharing them out. So, yeah. I don't I want I want us to get immersed in the stories and I understand that this part is important and it matters just for context. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, my focus is really on the stories and the voices of these people that have responded um, and the people that are going to continue to respond. And, And my objective is to share out everybody's voice that we receive so mm-hmm. um as of today like right now we're using the 52 number from yeah. what we have and what we've compiled um but as they keep coming in like we're just going to keep sharing them and and keep being the voice for the people so yeah no yeah that's good um i think it's good prep too and that this is all just to give a little bit of context um just some things we felt like didn't even need context but just a little context behind um, the background of people who answered the survey, even though we are being very careful to protect, um, their names and identities. Um, but we did want you to have some context behind who answered the survey. Um, and so this is, um, there were 77% of respondents were male. Um, 23% were female, we wanted to hear everybody's voices. And so just whoever, I know this is kind of snowballing down. And so I know that you've sent it to people who have then sent it to people. Um, and so we're just seeing a lot of like right now, what is probably within our uh, first degree of separation reach because 81% indicated they're out of Southeast United States region. Um, and then we had a whole bunch of different industries. It was really, it was actually kind of, I mean, I hate to say under the context, but it was kind of neat to see how diverse the industries that people work in were coming through. And so we had um, 27% that worked in healthcare, 16% in higher education, which is our direct contact, um, 8% in IT, 8% in K through 12. We had finance, government, military, entertainment, sports sectors, just a whole bunch of people who 
really do a whole bunch of really cool things. And I was like, this is a really cool job. <laughs> that sounds like a really neat job. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool. And we, I, I just want to highlight that because I really want to thank the people who did answer this just from a survey development perspective, but also from the fact that it is very personal. Um, and we really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. I am learning a lot. Um, and Daryl, I know appreciates it because that is his contact list. <laughs> so you guys showed up. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And I've kind of been yeah. sharing that along the way. Um, yeah. And I'm glad that, you know, they shared their voices and um, we don't want to prolong it. We want to jump right in because we have a lot of voices uh, to share. Yeah. So let's jump right in. Yeah. You want to kind of, I don't know how you want to approach this. Well, so this is, so we have, with the fact that we do have 52 answers right now, you know, within the past 24 hours, that's a, that's a lot of voices. Um, and I want to make sure that we are able to, I guess, can we talk about how we first wanted to approach it? Yeah. So I, f I first thought about, because I'm a data analyst and this is what I do. I first thought about let's aggregate this data. Yeah. Um, and so as I started looking through it, I realized that this is not, it's not data and it's not something that you can aggregate. These are personal stories. These are voices. Um, these are people's lives. And so we really felt that it would be the most important thing to just tell everybody's story yep. and to just speak what they wrote because they wrote that. And so I don't want to, I think I sat down for five minutes, maybe 10 minutes. And then I got up and I was like, I can't do this. And you're like, what? And I was like, I can't aggregate this. Like, this is not data to aggregate. These are very personal, very individual stories. And so I think our approach tonight is... Um, you know, I, I am, I am here and I'm sitting with you and this is our podcast success in black and white. And, um, you know, as your wife, I feel very privileged that I get to be by your side through this. Um, I also hurt a lot through this, but I recognize being white, how much privilege I do have. And so I think I just want to put the disclaimer out there that I'm going to read through some of these. I might have an, a, you know, I want my to contribute a little bit as we talk through some of this stuff, but just full acknowledgement that I could never, never understand what people are going through right now. Um, and, and I think that a lot of this for me is learning and I'm so grateful that I get to do that. But I just want to put that out there because almost as like a disclaimer of, I'm probably going to be reading your voice and that's just to help out my husband so he can talk through what he needs to talk through and not get exhausted as he's reading and talking through everything. Yep. I appreciate um, it. Yeah. So that is the that is the partnership, I think, tonight in how yeah. we're approaching this. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't have anything to add on to that. I think okay. that you covered it. Good. I'm just ready to get these voices out here, man. I agree. As I was reading through them, like, you know, it even for me, because I agree with a lot of it. I'm just like, dang, like all these people out here and this is their voice. This is how they feel. Yeah. And when we put it out, you know, I expected a couple of people to just hit me back and be like, yeah. I got you. I'll do the survey. And then when we got it, like 
in like 24 hours, less than 24 hours. And I was like, dang, all these people came yeah. and responded and showed up. And then as I was reading them, I was like, dang, like all these people, like this is like an outlet for them. When we, when we start reading, you'll kind of yeah. be able to see that. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I will read. Um, and then I, however you feel you need to input. Okay. <laughs> as I said, out. And then I cough. Um, okay. So the first question that we asked was, um, what is the hardest truth that you've faced in the past couple of weeks um, with current national events and um, issues happening? And so I'm just going to start reading what people said. And so the first response was the continued hatred for men of color and the targets that stay on our backs. Yep. The second was the hardest truth or realization is that these injustices continue. Yeah. The hardest part in the aftermath has been determining how to raise my voice and protest. I find that my emotive side is ready to scream at the world while my internal deliberative voice is telling me to mind my manners or remember that you still need a job. Yeah. Um, I think we'll pause on that one really quick. And and just to kind of um, share my insight and my feelings and my emotions about that statement, because that one did jump out. I mean, they all are very powerful and, and meaningful. Um, and, and some of them jumped out more so to me because I can totally relate um, to this one as I can to the majority of these. Um, and, and we talked about it previously about you know, we're, we're passionate about this. And I think that people misconstrue our passion, um, in in the way that we speak or what we're trying to say. And I feel like I have a right to be passionate about this because this is about my livelihood, you know? So if it was just something that really didn't carry much weight or have much meaning to it, then maybe, you know, I, I would say, otherwise but because this is surrounded um by things that impact my livelihood i'm very passionate about it and knowing that how you speak and what you say and how you say it or if you protest or what you post could be perceived and then also knowing that you still have to take into consideration that your livelihood could be impacted. And this person even said, like, I still need my job. Like my job is still watching. My employers are still watching. So if I post something, if I say something, if I'm too loud, if I'm too emotional, still having to show up at work, like this could still impact my livelihood. So on one hand, I'm fighting for rights that I believe I deserve as a human being. And then on the other hand, it's like I got to watch how I fight for those rights that I deserve because the other side of my livelihood of being able to provide for myself, my family is or could be in jeopardized because of how I'm fighting for what I feel like I deserve for my life. Yeah. So um, I definitely can relate to that. And and it's a tough position to be in. Um, And I think that, you know, one of my God given gifts is just my ability to connect with people. And I think that because I'm able to do that, 
I, I've put myself in a position to be able to at least share or at least be able to express myself and how I'm feeling. And people may or may not agree, but they can understand and relate just because of that gift that I have to be able to connect. Um, and that's the whole reason why I wanted to do this with the podcast, because yeah. people are listening. Yeah. I don't know why us, why me, but people are listening. And as long as they're listening, it's not just about me. It's about my brothers and my sisters. And I'm bringing them along with me because not only do I deserve the opportunity for my voice to be heard, they deserve the opportunity as well, regardless of how people may feel um, at their jobs or in general. So, yeah, agree. Agree. I think you said that perfectly. Um, the next person said the hardest truth that I faced in the past few weeks is that my kids are black, just like Brianna and just like Ahmad. My boyfriend is a black man, just like George. I'm afraid for my kid's future. I'm afraid for my boyfriend every time he leaves the house that it could be them because they are black. Innocent black people are being murdered and there are people that don't even care. Whew. Man, it's tough because, I mean, if you take it verbatim for how they sent this and replied to us, like the could was capitalized. And then I mm-hmm. put I put myself in there. It could be me. And I have two kids. I got my wife. And to even think that it could be me and they could be here without me. I mean, it, it just it brings up all types of emotions. But the fact that that's a true statement. It could be is what makes it even worse. Um, yeah. I mean, I know you kind of express it. I don't know how that makes you feel, but I don't know. I mean, it's, I feel like that's all I've been thinking about over the past week. Um, more than a week is, is just, and you know, we've, we've thought about this before, We've been through this before. We've been in plenty of situations where you you're very safe. You don't act um, if you feel that it's dangerous. You don't go somewhere um, if you feel that it might be dangerous. But I do feel this. I feel this stress. Um, it's scary. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. I do remember there was the night that you went out with a friend and. It was recent. It was probably like in the last year or two. And you went out and um, you guys like lost track of time, but I hadn't heard from you and I couldn't get a hold of you. And the later it got, I was like, oh my gosh. Like it just, my heart was, I couldn't sleep and I was just really scared. And, um, and I realized, I recognized that people go through that often. And I just can't even think about if I feel that way, you know, I can't imagine also feeling that way. Like I know that I get the privilege of not also worrying about my own life in the same way. Yeah. And so for the families who, you know, have a a black mom and a black dad, and then you have like double the worry. I can't, I can't imagine. Um, I just, we, we have to do better. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You um, want me to jump in and read them? Next, you got it. I'm good. The All next right. one, um, they said, 
white people still don't listen to learn about the impact of race and systems of race and discrimination on communities of color. Another person said that no matter what in 2020, we are still treated as less than animals. That when I take off my military uniform, I am George Floyd or Ahmaud Arbery. That no matter what, in 2020, we're still treated as less than animals. That when I take off my military uniform, I am George Floyd or Ahmaud Arbery. It's <sighs> awful. Like, first of all, this person serves our country. I know. I, I'm, and yeah. thank you to the person that sent this in. And you serve our country. And the fact that I think this is, I think this is what has been bothering me about the um, retort on social media of like all lives matter to the Black Lives Matter movement. And there's so many issues with that. Um, but this is one is that. You choose your career. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You don't get to choose the color of your skin. Nope. And any day, I think there was a young girl who really just gets it. And she posted, you know, my dad is a police officer and I respect him. He wears a uniform. He has a badge at any time of the day. He can go take off his uniform and his badge and he will never be profiled. And nobody would ever know that he was an officer. And it's just not the same thing. Right. And I was like, this girl gets it. But... um. Gosh, it just makes me sad. Yeah. And, and the fact that some people try to, you know, push the rhetoric of like the military, you know, and how when you're protesting in certain ways and stuff, you're disrespecting the military. And we have a person here that is in the military Yeah, that stated in 2020, they feel like we're still treated less than animals. And when they come out of their uniform, they are George Floyd and Ahmaud Auber. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> all right, come on. We got all a lot right. more voices. Another one said the hard truth they realized was that this issue keeps falling on deaf ears once time passes or something else grabs our attention. We had that conversation earlier today. Like, yeah, we did. Um, and and regardless, like I said, these voices will be heard and, and that's what I can do. Um, and, and I can totally agree. Like I remember I was telling you I had got a text message from someone. And I looked at it and, I, you know, I just happened to just hit the scroll on the screen and literally got almost the exact same text message mm -hmm. from three years ago. Yeah. When something around this, you know. Yeah. Issue had occurred. And I was just same, like. Same thing happened. Yeah. I was just like. Same thing that ha happened that always happened. I was like, man, yeah. like. It just keeps happening. And then, you know, people say, oh, wow, we do the hashtags and we do all the all the things. And then it's just like we just let up. But right now, though, is is different, though. Yeah. Like it's different right now. And we're going to keep pushing full throttle, you know, 
um, until change comes. So, yeah. Another person said a hard truth was the continuous treatment of black people like we are less than human beings. Another person said, we are still a long way from change. Even with a media coverage of the most tragic of deaths, you still have people who are still blind to the fact that systemic racism exists. Another person said that white people will always be, quote unquote, surprised by black deaths at the hands of the police, even though it has been happening for years. Another person said how prevalent racism is and that we have a leader more interested in division and his own needs. Yes. I heard that a lot. I had, as a matter of fact, like as these were coming in and people were sharing, like they were texting me and calling me. I mean, April tell you, I've been on the phone all day, <laughs> all day, nonstop, all <laughs> yeah. day. Um, I mean, people just reaching out and, mm-hmm. and I had a very, um, very intense conversation with someone about that. And, um, you know, it's, it's sad. Um, you know, we try to focus at the end of the conversation. At first, we just kind of let it all out. At the end of the conversation, we tried to focus on at our level and with our platforms, what we can do. Yeah. Um, and try not to get so caught up in that, you know, in that in itself and, and it kind of holds us back or holds us down because we're uh, expending emotions on that. Yeah. Um. So we kind of got it out and we talked about it and we we're just like, man, it's true and it sucks. And, you know, as of right now, at this moment in this time, we can't really do anything about that. What can we do? Um. And we tried to make, um, you know, these moments and our energy count towards something that we can control. And yeah. then when it comes around in November, we'll see. <laughs> I was going to say, the, the one thing we can do is vote. When it comes around in November, we'll see. And even not just for that in November, like all of our local elections. Local, state. State, we doing it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agree. Um. Another person said the hard truth that emerged was that black people are being mistreated and killed because of the color of their skin. Why? Another person said that people still are overlooking what's going on, both the oppressed and the oppressor. You know, I want to say something about that. Um, When they said both the oppressed and the oppressor, and, and I'll speak for me. Um, I, I, I mean, we have a lot of voices here, so I ain't, ain't got to put words in nobody's mouth, but for me, um, like as the oppressed, like you just get accustomed to certain things and you just get used to them and they just become second nature. And even though they're wrong and they suck and they affect you and impact you and drag you down and make you feel horrible and make you react, respond in certain ways. You just get accustomed to it and you just get used to it because it has happened for so long. And it's kind of like you just ride the wave and you have something happen. It's like, oh, yeah, well, fight, fight, fight. And then you get, you know, told what you're supposed to do, what you, um, you know, are you allowed to do or what is expected of you to do? And then you just kind of come back down and 
you know, that's it. And you're just accustomed to being um, certain ways. And that's why, like, I understand when they say, like, we're still overlooked what's going on Um, because that's true. And I can say that for myself. You know, even when you're talking about someone who said earlier about at work, it's just like I get frustrated and I vent and, you know, I may voice my opinion or say something. And it's kind of like, well, I know I got to come here every day. I know I need this job. I know I got to get paid. So I'm just going to deal with it. And that's as a being oppressed, like that's just kind of how it has been. Um, But in the current state that we're in right now, like people are just like, you know what? I'm just tired. Mm-hmm. I I can't deal with this no more. Um, and, and as I used in the in the last episode, like just bubbling over, and it's just spilling out. Yeah. So another person said the hard truth they've had to face is still having to explain why there is a need for the Black Lives Matter movement. I feel like there's. I do want to keep going, but there's just a lot to unpack behind that, that you still have to be explaining this and that there still has to be a movement even. Yeah. Um, Another person said a hard truth was that innocent people are dying at the hands of cops. Another person said these people are dying senselessly. Mm. Um, Another person said the hardest truth is that feeling that the perpetrators may not be convicted just based on past precedent, they haven't been convicted before right. typically. That's one of those things that I was talking about. Like you just kind of get accustomed to, and you just get used to. And like as optimistic as I feel like we should be that, um, you know, these officers have been arrested at the same time. We're just like, well, we know the history. Like we're used to what the outcome is. They get off. Right. And and that's one of those things where you said, like, we just start to overlook it. And it's like everybody's like, yeah, they got arrested and we're fighting, fighting, fighting. And it's just kind of like, I don't even know who's going to pay attention. I mean, I'm sure they're going to pay attention, but like really keep tabs on the like trial and stuff when it goes down, because it's kind of like, oh, why? Like, it's just going to be a way for him to get off. Yep. I keep I keep thinking about Breonna Taylor. Yeah. I keep thinking about her. I'm just like, how can. Did they ever arrest the cops yet? I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, we. Mm. But it just, I just keep thinking about it, and it's just crazy. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, let's keep the power in these voices, though. Yes. Let's hear what the people gotta say. Let's Another the person gotta say. said the hard truth was we are so easily killed, and our lives have no value. Another person said the hardest truth has been to see the hearts of Americans. Can I jump in real quick? Mm-hmm. I think that um, this one right here really, when I read that statement, um, and, and I didn't write any notes on here, but it really stood out to me and it touched me because I've heard a lot of people even say to me, like, you know, my heart, or you hear a lot of people say, like, that's not in me. That's not me. That's not my heart. And I'm just like, I think I know your heart or I thought I knew your heart, but also a lot of people who have a lot of things in their heart is coming to the forefront and you can see it being expressed now during these times, which is also eye opening people that you've you've been really close to for a long time um, that you thought you knew um, and how they're responding to this 
um, you know, these times. And then also the people that you thought you knew that says, you know, my heart that are not showing up, yeah. which is saying a lot about their heart. So yep. that one was hard for me um, because, like I said, I've heard it. And there are a lot of people that I thought I knew and a lot of people that um, I associate with on a regular basis that have shown me like a side of them that, you know, I thought I knew otherwise, which, you know, hurts just as much because you think that like they're your like your comrade and, and you can, you know, trust them and they're your ally. And you come to find out they have some things in their heart that just kind of expose itself that you're like, man, so that's how you really feel about this. Yeah. And that hurts. I think um, I know that I think I had this in notes a little bit later on, but I think because you're bringing this up right now, I do want to, I do want to ask you because we've talked um, multiple times this past week about um, keeping an inventory. Yeah. And I'm just curious if you'll talk a little bit about what that means for you. Yeah. Um, and I've shared it with a couple of people. And, and I know for me and other black people that I've talked to, like we're literally doing an inventory and we're going through the list of those people that are in our lives that have said, you know, my heart or that have said, um, you know, I'm with you. And we're really evaluating actions right now. We're we're evaluating what people have done, what people are doing more so than what they say or they have said. And we're taking an inventory and finding out who really um, is our allies and who really has our best interest at heart and who's really supporting us during this time and for the cause. And those are the people that we're rocking with. Those are the people that we're going with and everybody else. We can't change hearts. Only God can change hearts. But what we can do is not waste energy and time and effort on those people who feel the way that they feel that don't support what we're trying to do, the way that the movement's going and um, changing the world from, you know, what is existing right now. And, and those people who don't make it in the inventory, I mean, by all means, we're going to still I, I'm going to still be this way. I can't speak for everybody, but. I'm going to still be respectful. I'm going to still, um, you know, show up the way that I need to. But, you know, unnecessary energy. Not even going to happen. Yeah. Can I ask a question too? I, I do. I want to keep talking through the stories, but I I want to ask, is this also because um, you're talking about support, but is this also a safety measure too? Hmm. Yeah, it is a safety measure, too. I mean, I, I feel like so I had a couple of thoughts, like I, I took a sigh and, I, and a deep breath when you asked that. Because when you say safety measure, like. I have no safety measure, like what is safety? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, For me, speaking for me, um, I always feel like at any given time, any given day, I can encounter something that because of my race could go south in the snap of a finger. Yeah. So when you say safety measure, it's kind of like, eh, what safety measure are you referring to? Now, in the context of having people that you know that you can count on, yeah, that's that's what it's about. 
when I say taking inventory and when you say safety measure, yes, people that I can count on knowing who those people are, or at least knowing how far, you know, I need to go and who's going to be there to meet me and knowing that um, they will support me the way that I need them to. So, yes, in the mannerism of safety measures that way, yes. But as far as safety measures, it's just kind of like, eh, you know, yeah. it ain't really no safety measure. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. All right. I think that needed to be heard. Um, another person said a hard truth for them was that the treatment of black people has not changed. The only thing that has changed is the method of killing and the access to a smartphone. We have gone from lynchings to shooting people while running, breaking into people's houses to shoot without regard for life or slowly choking a man to death in broad daylight and on video. Another conversation that I had today with someone um, and we talked about this exact same thing, um, like the technology piece. It's kind of like it's I don't know. It's like two sided. It's like a curse in one sense, but also in the other sense, it's like a necessity, mm. you know, because everybody's like, oh, technology, this you're always on technology, like get back into the world and get back into like doing things without technology. And it's just like on the other side, like technology can be like a tool used for potential justice. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, for this last instance with um, George Floyd, if the people hadn't been there with the technology to film it, none of this, like we wouldn't even be having this conversation. We wouldn't even be talking about this. We wouldn't even be sharing these voices. Yeah. Um, so we had the same conversation about how, like, and then for some people, like technology is a lifesaver, you know, for instance, um, you know, I had a conversation with, um, a, a police officer that is, that I know, um, is one of the good ones, you know, and, and I was sharing with him how he's on speed dial. Yeah. Like if anything that's go down, yeah. like that's my, that's my lifesaver. And I know he will have my back. Yeah. And we exchange, you know, conversation and all the way to the point to where if it goes down and I'm getting ready to get pulled over, I said, I'm driving all the way to your front door and I'm calling you on the phone and you better be outside to meet me when I pull up in the driveway. Yeah. You know, so and, and that's due to technology. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's it's kind of like it can be a lifesaver. Um, what some people deem as a curse, it's also a necessity as well. Um, and it's it stinks that you have to think that way that your cell phone is a necessity for you just in case anything goes down, just so that you can capture it so that your word will be taken seriously and heard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, another person said a hard truth for them was that this world hasn't changed at all. Another person said their hard truth was nothing. Things have just come to the light or things have come to light even more due to technology. Yeah. There's no, it, it sounded like no truth. Like this is always, I've always known this. It's always been this way. We're just, everybody's seeing it now. Yeah. Um, 
Another person said, nothing groundbreaking. Stuff that I already knew in regards to racism in the United States. Black people don't get the same benefit of the doubt that white people do in regards to interactions with the cops. True story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True story. We, we don't. I mean, if you think about it, and I know a lot of people have been posting about it, all the the mass like the mass shooters and stuff oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) how they go and capture them and bring them out i think and and i I don't have all the facts and stuff in front of me but like there was one like they brought out and he was hungry and they went and took him and got him food and they give him water and they like they you know they bring him out in one piece and yeah and then when it comes to a black person it's like and George Floyd was accused of maybe forging a check. Was it a check? I thought it was a twenty dollar bill, a counterfeit, know. counterfeit twenty, uh, supposedly counterfeit twenty dollar bill. That could very well be. But um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like I said, some of the white people that have committed these mass murders and shooting up places and stuff, they managed to go in and bring them out. Yeah. You know, in handcuffs, and and if the information is accurate and the facts um, uphold, like taking them to get food and giving them water, and you know they arriving in one piece, no black eyes, none of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this comment just made me think about all the times that I feel like, man, <laughs> I feel safe. I feel safer on a lot of like physical <laughs> levels with you driving. <laughs> But there are times I'm like, oh my gosh, if we're driving, you know, up to Atlanta or down to Orlando and we don't, we're not on major roads or anything or interstates or highways, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I need to be driving because not because like you're a much better driver than me, but if we get pulled over, I mean, do you remember the time that we were driving up to Atlanta and the cop yeah, came. Uh, I was like, "What is he doing?" Followed and you're like, oh, he's, he's profiled. Like, he's profiled. He, he profiled me, and he he's me. running our plates." Yep. Because I was like, "What is he doing?" He would go up. He came. Bet he drove past us. Yeah, slowed way down beside us. Beside us, looked in the window. I looked behind. Him, I looked him dead in his face. Stayed with us while he ran the plates, yep. and I was like, "What is happening?" For about, for I've about never what? seen this. Folk five miles. Yeah, right I, behind us. I'd never seen it before. You're like, "Oh, he's profiling us." Like, like yeah, this happens, yeah, yeah. and I was like, "I've never seen this. Has yeah. never happened to me." I had the cruise control on. I'm like, "I ain't worried about it." Like, I got the cruise control set I, on the speed limit. I literally limit. had no idea what was happening. Yeah. He ran a tag, and I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't speeding or anything. And obviously, I guess I didn't have any warrants or anything. He was like, "Oh, cool, okay." I guess and then he literally right. pulled back off in the median. Yep, like <laughs> that's exactly what happened. And I was so scared. And I'm like, Sh- "How yeah. do I, how do I get over there?" Like I'm thinking yeah. in my head, "How do I get over in the driver's seat?" I don't know. Nah, I'm like, I'm good. I was driving the speed limit. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. I had the cruise control on and I saw him and he pulled right up beside scared. us and drove beside us. He did. And looked at me and I looked at him. He just drove beside us and then he dropped back, got behind us and followed us for about five miles yeah. and then pulled off in the median. I was like, happened, yeah. What was it? This was like a few months ago. Yeah, it was a few months ago going to yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. On the back roads. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Okay. So the next person said their hard truth was the prolonged judgment of law enforcement when evidence is plainly seen to your point earlier about technology and videos. Yeah. Yeah. So even though we have them, doesn't matter. 
Another person said the hard truth is that white people are only speaking now because of the protesting and the president does not help the situation. Yeah, that was part of the conversations that I was having today about, you know, 45, not not helping the situation at all. Um, and, you know, there are. You know, I don't know who said that and I don't want to minimize their voice, um, you know, as far as white people only speaking up, not because of protesting, but, you know, there are some white people that have been speaking up. I think that in support of this comment, though, is that they're speaking a lot louder now. Yeah. You know, um, they are being um, a lot more vocal, a lot louder and their actions are very different right now. Yeah. Um, and there's more. Yeah. They're they're bolder now. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Another person said the hard truth was the way that they were killed. I haven't watched any of the videos because I can't handle it. The hate used to justify the murders is sickening. Yeah. Another person said their hard truth was that regardless of all the things I've accomplished, the potential I have or who I matter to, my life can be ended because my skin makes another grown man uncomfortable. Yep. Another person said their hard truth was that even with the video, you still have people saying all lives matter. That's sad. Mm. Another person said that people are finally waking up and realizing the stain America tried to hide for so many years. Yeah, that's that's so true. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like that's true because, I mean, if you go back and um, kind of understand the history of how America was built. Yeah. You know you want to talk about they they use the word stain yeah um it is yeah there's um we talked about this in the last episode we linked to it and i'm just going to mention it briefly cuz it's i know i know that a lot of people do listen to us and so i want to i want to say this as a resource um but if you are white i highly recommend listening to the scene on radio seeing white podcasts so that you can unlearn what you were taught in K through 12 and relearn what actual history is. Um, I think it's really important. So we'll link to that in the show notes. Another person said, um, their hard truth was even with video evidence, justice is still not being served. Therefore police brutality is increasing in ruthlessness. Hmm. Another person said their hard truth was that racism could end tomorrow, but America chooses to keep things constant. Yep. Another person said their hard truth was maybe that most of the white people that were either in the dark or didn't know finally got an epiphany, but it's way too late. I agree with that. Like we talked about that a little bit today as well in a conversation that I had that it took someone again losing their life to even get the conversation brought up like again you know yeah it's just like oh man you gotta be kidding me like like that's what it takes it takes somebody dying and now somebody dying like and it being recorded and broadcasted like to even be like oh well i guess we'll talk about it now i guess we need to talk about this or i guess a conversation needs to be had 
Yeah. You know, it's not just, hey, y'all, we have an issue. Let's talk about it. They're like, nah, man, get out my face. But like somebody has to die and it has to be recorded and it has to be posted and the world has to see it. In order for people to feel comfortable, OK, enough to be like, all right, now I can say something. And then for other people to be like, OK, y'all, let's take it serious. Now, let's listen to what they have to say like that. That's horrible. Another person said, to be honest, there were no hard truths that emerged. I am not and have not been blind to the fact that racism still exists. With this current administration, it's only more overt and open. Yeah. Talked about that on the phone call today, too. I mean, I've been on the phone all day, y'all. Y'all wouldn't believe it. Like, I ain't never, been, day, on the phone. I ain't never yeah. been on the phone this much <laughs> talking to people. But, you know, it's it, it's good. I it mean, good. you know, that I put I put it out there and people have been reaching out and I've been mm-hmm. talking to so many people on the phone. I'm just like, dang, I'm like, I'm actually using these minutes now. <laughs> usually I have. I, I mean, I got unlimited minutes, but usually it's like you use 47 minutes for the month. I mean, I use. Whew, Oh man, so many of those a night, but but it's all good though. I'm I'm glad that I had opportunity to connect and talk with people. But that's definitely something that um, we were we were talking about how people now feel more comfortable and um they feel more you know yeah. I can express my bigotry because mm-hmm. it's okay because mm-hmm. the president of the United States does. So yeah, it's fine. They feeling brave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another person said a hard truth was, well, they said this time change may truly come about. Yeah. It's kind of like one of those, uh, like something going to happen. Some type of change is going to happen. And and we hope that it's enough and it's, it's big enough to make a major impact, um, that somebody doesn't have to lose their life again for us to bring up the conversation again yeah so yeah i get it another person said their hard truth was police don't care about serving and protecting if you're black you're guilty Mm. another person said no hard truth has emerged the issues have simply become more salient to the nation yeah another person all they said was their hard truth was it could be me it could be me. That could have been my statement. I'm sure that could have been a statement of a lot of people here. It could have been me. Yeah. It could be me. Another person said their hard truth was that no matter what happens, there are people that just won't admit that there is a problem of how black people are treated in America. You know, I, sh- I think, did I show you a post or you showed me a post uh, about, um, Somebody posted something like, well, if you would just abide by or listen or do what the do what the police or no, if you just don't do illegal things, I think yeah. that was if you just don't do illegal things, then you won't have nothing to worry about. And yeah, I mean, I think that that is most frustrating to me because one figure who said that is a um, very popular conservative political figure. Yeah. Another person who said that is a colleague. Yeah. Um, And I think that is the most frustrating thing is to see that there is a lot of prejudice and um, racist ideas being perpetrated 
on social media by either figures that have a large following and or people that we know. Yeah, that's that hurts because I shared in our last episode as well about how people who say that and I'm like, like, dude, like I, I follow the law. Like I do what I'm supposed to do. Um, I haven't been in any trouble. I don't have no record. I don't have no rap sheet. I got two degrees. I got a good job that I've been at for, you know, 10 years. And the fact that you say, if you don't do illegal stuff, I'm like, no, that ain't true. Cause with all of that, I've had the cops called on me in my front yard. I've been pulled over, you know, I've been made and asked to get out of the car. Like, I'm like, nah, you don't get it. Like, yeah. it ain't like that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, another person said that their hard truth that they realized was the justice the justice system has racist people in powerful positions that affect black lives in unjust ways. The systematic racism. Yeah. Another systematic per- oppression. Mm-hmm. Another person's hard truth was that brutal rec- brutal recorded deaths have to occur before the fact that racism is still alive comes to light. Exactly. Another person's hard truth was that modern day lynching is here and done in the broad daylight. Innocent lives are taken at the hands of someone else in such a derogatory manner. How strong the hate really is and the many unexplained incidents with police. Mm -hmm. Another person said their hard truth. Oh, um, their hard truth was they they sang and they played at Ahmad Arbery's funeral. I've been friends with his mother for years. I'm angry and bothered by all of this. It hits home. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Another person said their hard truth was that it took this long for everyone else to realize how this country really works. Hmm. Um, the hardest truth is blacks haven't been accepted as of yet in this society. The hardest truth is knowing I have a black young 16 year old child and he could possibly face this ugly brutality that has transpired over the years. Another person said their hard truth was how black death must be broadcast for all to see in order for non-black people to understand black pain and grief and to believe that we do suffer injustices. Mm. Um, I just made a note here because I was just listening to the Code Switch podcast when I was making dinner tonight, mm-hmm. um, which is a great podcast and we'll link to that as well. Um, one of their episodes they were talking about is the outcome worth the voyeurism. Wow. And it just hit me like, that's what it's become. It's, it's, if you, like you said, if you don't have the video, you don't have the proof. You don't have, I mean, it's a pol- a white police officer against a black individual and whose truth is going to pan out in a court of law. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the same time, that is just the fact that it's splashed all over social media and over media um, and broadcast out there is just 
I'm sure, I'm sure painful. I can only imagine yeah. the pain, you know, of having to watch that over and over and over again. Um, another person said their hard truth was we're not really free in America. Another person said their hard truth was it's 2020 and this is still an issue. I never imagined having to raise my black son in such a cold world. Lack of respect for the black race and having to actually ask for quote unquote civil rights where economic equality, social and legal rights were quote unquote extended to us through the 13 and 14 amendments. How is this nation united when all I see is division, a country I signed the dotted line to fight for? So it's another one of our military. Yep, man. I know. Another person's hard truth is that they will never see us as equals. Another person's hard truth is that this isn't a new reality for me. Or this isn't, I'm sorry, that was wrong. This is not a new reality to me. That's very different meaning. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Um, Another person's hard truth is America is supportive of police brutality against the black community because it doesn't affect them directly. White supremacy is real. People will gaslight you so they don't have to look within and change. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with us. And, and, you know, America is supportive of police brutality against the black community because it doesn't affect them directly. And if it doesn't affect them directly and they don't push for change, then that's just as equal as them being insupportive of it. I I feel this way. You know, we had there was so much silence this week. Mm hmm. Among people that we thought were friends, we thought were family, we thought were, and there was just, there was nothing. Yeah. And it's like, it just doesn't affect them. No. It's just like, it doesn't really affect me, so I'm not going to reach out, I'm not going to say anything, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It just doesn't affect me. Eh. It wasn't, here it is. Well, it wasn't Daryl, so I'm good. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't like to I don't like to get political on social yeah, media. I'm like, man, so what you're saying? It has to be me for you to get riled up. It's too late by then. It's too late. Yeah. So it's too late. Man. Well Yeah. Um that was the first that was the first question. Yeah. <laughs> good the Lord. The question. Hey, these voices, I, I I mean, they trusted me. Yeah. People trusted me with their voices. And I appreciate that they entrusted me with their voices and I will share them best to believe that. So, um, I guess, I know how long was this one? We have an hour. Yeah, about an hour. I think we'll cut it here because I'm I'm pretty heavy right now. Yeah. Um, and I've read through these like three or four times already just to make sure that I was able and in a place to hear them again. Um, Cause I read through the first time I was just like, like it just, it hurts. It hits me um, because these are all, you know, my people, my brothers, my sisters, and I can feel their pain. And like I said, I've been on the phone all, I mean, you know, it all day, all night, just talking to people and just encouraging people. And um, 
letting them know that I promise you, I appreciate you sharing your voice and I promise you I'm going to do everything I can to put it out there. So um, this is the first question we made it through. um, And I know I'm pretty sure that as soon as we get out here, there are going to be more. Yeah. Um, And as as long as they keep coming in, I'm going to keep sharing the voices. But we'll stop right here right now because I just need a break. Yeah. Yeah, I need a break. Um, So we appreciate you tuning in. Um, There will be more voices to be shared. I promise you. Um, I think this is good for um, I know all of my black brothers and sisters to at least have an outlet. And then for all of my white people, my colleagues, um, you know, my friends that I know your hearts like listen, hear these voices, hear how we feel, hear some of our frustrations Hear some of our hardest truths in this episode. So that's all I have to say. Yeah. Until the next time. We're out. Peace. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on any podcast platform and make sure that you rate us. Also, we do have a YouTube channel if you prefer to watch our antics, and we also provide closed captioning. And if you want to know more about us, go check us out on our website at successinblackandwhite.com, or you can reach out to us directly on social media. My social media handle is I am Daryl Lovett on all platforms. And mine is April Dawn Lovett on all platforms.